Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. This week on the CineStream Club, the only question I have to ask is, do you trust me? Well, do you trust me? It's Aladdin. Simon, Andrea Farrell. <laughs> hey, Trev. We're all in the room. We're all, we're all in the Zoom room. We're the Zoom room guys. <laughs> we are. We have gathered here today to talk all things Aladdin. Ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the neck. So what'll it be, Master? I must have hit my head harder than I thought. Walt Disney Pictures presents. Aladdin. You're a genie? That's right. He can be taught. You never had a friend like me. <laughs> Imagine a whole new world of excitement. Imagine carpet. Danger. Oh, carpet, let's move. And enchantment. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. Aladdin. Featuring six new songs from the Academy Award-winning composer of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Come over here, big group hug. Group hug. Never. Ever. Coming this holiday season, Walt Disney Pictures, Aladdin. You never had a friend like me. Aladdin. Um, it's the first animated car- or, I was going to say it's the first animated cartoon that we've ever covered here on the Cinestream Club. But it's the first animated movie that we have done and i'm sure there'll be more but yeah aladdin like let's kick it off let's get going the first segment we always do is what does the movie mean to you what memory does it evoke i i can go first like i tend to do aladdin was probably the second film i remember seeing in the cinema second film i remember seeing um but i know it was probably the third or fourth i've actually been to because uh, i have photos of me going to other movies because the cinema again i know we talked about it before but the cinema in the early 90s was such a treat. It's like you, you, you'd have a photo of you, you know, outside the poster before yes, you go yeah. in. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there's photos of me standing outside like uh, the Little Mermaid. And there's photos of me standing outside the poster for the, the Teenage uh, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and there's probably a photo of me standing outside Aladdin as well. And all those photos ended up in the local newspaper entertainment section. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah local, the local child news- <laughs> enjoys cartoon film. Yeah, Johnny from the Fingal Independent would always be <laughs> hovering around the uh, hovering around the Omniplex or the or, the, or Janelle in in Finglas. Yeah. <laughs> local boy went to see Jurassic Park. Trevor Brown, age seven. Looks like he's 12. What, you, what, Likes what did you think, Trev? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a scoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but funnily enough, um, what my memory of going to see Aladdin was, uh, the, I actually, it was the first time I kind of nerded out in, in a film, right? In the sense that when the credits were rolling and Tim Rice's name popped up on the screen, I kind of gave a little bit of a nerdy, like, <laughs> laugh. <laughs> like, and I was probably only like seven, I think. But we just, I think we just done uh, Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in school and the year before. And that year we were doing Jesus Christ Superstar. And 
it's, and I, I, I'd remember it as a kid, like, you know, when they printed off the script and we're like, we're in the choir singing the songs. I remember seeing Tim Rice's, you know, name on, on, the, on the top of the script because he was the lyricist. He, he collaborated with, with Lloyd Webber on those musicals. Um, and I loved, <laughs> and I kind of still do love Jesus Christ Superstar. It's one of my top five musicals. I think it's a great, it's a great show. Underrated. Great, great, great rock opera. Um, <laughs> a rock opera? A rocker. A rocker. Underrated, like a just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> My mind is clearer now. But yeah, Tim Rice. So I, I remember seeing Tim Rice and kind of going, whoa, this is it. Hey, we're in for a show tonight. And yeah, and look, re, look, <laughs> really liked it. And then at the start of the movie, I remember when he was looking at one of Princess Jasmine's suitors walking into the palace and they had that kind of funny back and forth. And then the guy pushes him over and, and Aladdin falls in the dirt. And he says in front of everybody, hey, look at that, Abu. Not every day you see a horse with two rear ends. I remember that line. <laughs> and I remember everyone laughing in the cinema. And like, I remember me and my dad like <laughs> bursting out laughing at the same time. <laughs> like, like it was some like hilarious joke, which obviously was a lame enough joke. And it was probably one of the first times I was in, in a cinema. Like, and I laughed at the same thing that like, you know, my, my adult parent laughed at. So it's kind of like a shared thing that we had. So yeah. I, I, that, that's a weird memory that I have as well about seeing this film. And then the last thing was that I remember for probably a year after seeing the movie, I would, anytime I brought an apple with me to school, I used to always try and hand it to people by rolling it down my shoulder and flicking it off my elbow, which never worked properly. He's uh, obsessed I, with apples in the film. Well, I, I did a bit of research in it, um, and apparently one of the writers was into kind of Greek mythology and Greek history, and in ancient Greece, throwing an apple to a woman is considered a marriage proposal. So there you go. So apparently there's a little uh, little, little bit of a hidden message there with the apples. Um, it was kind of... He was, he was literally fucking them around the town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was an <laughs> apple slut. For the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Used to fucking call him Granny Smith in an Agrabah. Yeah. That's like, uh, the flip, that's like the flip side of the oranges thing in the Godfather movies. Oh, yeah. You know that it's, uh, people are playing with oranges and they get, they get killed. They get whacked. And like, yes. yeah. And the Godfather is like, cuts a bit of orange peel and puts it in as fangs. And scares yeah. the living shit out of his grandson and then dies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Spoiler it's like eyes. apples and oranges. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give him a fright. He'll never forget. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how Brando talked in all in all his movies. Um, Andrea, I'll go with you. What What does the movie mean to you? What does it What does it uh, evoke in your in your memories? The movie for me is all is all about the song. Mm. that's what it that that's what it was about <laughs> all about that song um yeah. like I, I i i don't think i saw it in the cinema because i was only three when it came out but i did sing that song a lot yeah as a three-year-old for a good year i probably sang it every day and mm. i didn't know really the lyrics to it i just make up my own and <laughs> everyone would entertain that and i <laughs> I, I got footage of myself when I'm three years old, <laughs> yeah. um, singing along to. I don't know if he's wanna if you wanna listen to this. You're I'll three here, three. Yeah, I'm only three. Wow, wow, that's, that's amazing. I, I did cringe when, or not cringe, but I I, I did get kind of a, a, a 
a jealous kind of shock down my spine when I heard that. Um, makes me feel what? very old. Three, yeah. yeah. We'll Andrea, all, we'll all press throw it up. Play in okay. one, two, three, play. Know the name of the song for sure. <laughs> Finish. 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 Wow. See, you're doing it with gusto. You don't know the lyrics, but but you just want to, you know, you're you're just belting it out regardless. I have the confidence, yeah, regardless. <laughs> and in a, and in such a magical, magical setting as well. An early 90s Irish kitchen. Yeah, slash bathroom. It was like, I, I, I thought I was in the streets of Agrabah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you've got the whole nasally thing going on, Dre. It's, it's very, very Ronan Keaton. A whole new world. Stay closer, Genie. Edwin, what about you? What, what what age would you have been when this film came out? Uh, 1992, I would have been like 15. I wonder, Jesus, right? Yeah. Like, but yeah. like, I think Aladdin, right? Like, if like a, a Moana or a, or a, maybe not so much a Frozen, but like a Moana or like a Pixar or maybe the non-Disney, the, the, the pure Pixar movies, if they came out today, you'd go and see those as an adult, you'd go and see those as an adult because you're, yeah. you know, there's, there's adult jokes in them. Aladdin was probably the first Disney cartoon to strike that balance. So I imagine even as a 15 year old, you probably thought it was half decent. Yeah. Well, me being a bit older than you guys. And when I was like 15 or 16, I was like living on the streets and I had a little monkey for a friend. And I was just trying to get women to marry me by throwing granny Smiths at their heads all the time. And, I do remember going to see this with my younger brother and it was the first time. Yeah, I, I, I do remember going to see like the Jungle Book and stuff like that when I was younger, when they when they were re-released. Oh, That's yeah. the first movie I ever remember seeing in a cinema was the Jungle Book. But I remember being in the cinema in Tullamore and sitting down and just the minute the genie came on screen you know everyone was into it you got that kind of yeah. sense of you know the 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 adults in the room in the cinema were sort of like oh, what what the fuck is this shit <laughs> cartoon <laughs> for the kiddies and then <laughs> when the genie came in and it was like suddenly they were interested and you could sense that in the room and yeah. I remember there were a lot of laughs, but mainly at the kind of slapsticky stuff. Because I think mm. a lot of the stuff went over a lot of the references. Like, you know, kids don't know who Rodney Dangerfield is. And some of the kids who were kids when this movie came out and are grown ups today still don't know who Rodney yeah, Dangerfield yeah. is. Yeah. I tell you, that guy gets very little respect. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But I do, I do remember it being a kind of a an event sort of movie because there oh, yeah, was like the, the the Little Mermaid came before this, mm-hmm. and that kind of started the sort of the the Disney Renaissance, the kind of second golden age of Disney. Yeah, which would have lasted till about, I guess Tarzan. Whenever Tarzan was out, at the end of the nineties, ninety eight or something. But uh, yeah, it was. I really, really enjoyed it. Like it was kind of yeah. like watching uh, a kind of a mainstream action comedy. Was my sort of takeaway from it because it was so much, so much action and so much um, yeah. Robin Williams kind of craziness that I f- kind of forgot that it's a musical. Um, yeah. yeah. In in that in that in that grand tradition, and there was one bit in this new one that kind of reminded me of that in a negative way, but we'll sure we'll keep that for cutting room floor. But I do remember like really enjoying it. And when it came out in video, we got it on video and I just remember rewatching it, but not like it's one of those things where I didn't like immediately fast forward to the genie scenes. I actually liked the build up before you, before you get to that. So when you get to that scene, it's like, Oh, here it comes a little treat. But upon rewatching it, and I haven't watched it in a while, I was a, kind of amazed at how, you know, I kind of know every single frame of those, especially the yeah. opening song. His, uh, his, uh, what's it called? Friend like, friend like One me. Jump. Oh, the genie's opening oh, song. The yeah, genie's, genie's opening yeah. song. Yeah, wah, yeah. Wah, wah. yeah, yeah. Wah, yeah. Wah. Friend like me is up there with one of like it's possibly one of the greatest Disney songs <laughs> like it's in it's in their top 10 like you know it's uh, top five yeah. even mm, debatable <laughs> Just, i don't know have you ever heard donny osmond singing um Ma- make a man of, of you from mulan <laughs> <laughs> is, sorry wait wait wait. is that donny osmond? osmond is in mulan donny osmond is this uh, i don't know if he's in the film but he's the singing voice he's the singing really? voice of in mulan yeah I've never seen Mulan. Yeah, see, you... Ed, you have seen Mulan. I haven't. Oh no, it's Pocahontas. Me I've seen and that. Pocahontas. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I've see. This is the thing. I and maybe this is just the maybe this is just the age thing, and, and maybe this is the age thing. With even me and you, Drake, because we're a couple of years between us. Like for me, I was seven when Aladdin came out. Yeah. And Beauty and the Beast. I remember. I remember that being out, and I'd seen it on video. And then Aladdin came out and Aladdin like blew my head off. Like just, like the genie, like I was already a fan of Mork and Mindy. So I, I definitely remember knowing that that was Robin Williams on the screen. Yeah. But then at the same time, it was just the mood, like to Ed's point as well. It wasn't just waiting for the genie to come. It was like the build up was brilliant. Like the the market scene, you know, one stop ahead of the, dun, 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 yeah. that's no joke. I steal only what I can afford. Like it, like every song, like every song in the movie is brilliant. Like even because Beauty and the Beast is like there's like one or two really good songs. Yeah. But with mm. Aladdin, I felt like every song was just fantastic. Gotta eat to live, gotta still to eat. Tell you all about it when I got the time. One jump ahead of the slow pokes. One skip ahead of my doom. Next time, gonna use a nom de plume. One jump ahead of the hitman. One hit ahead of the flock. I think I'll take a stroll around the block. Stop thief! Sandal! A boo! Sandal! Let's not be too hasty. Tasty. Gotta eat to live, gotta still to eat. Otherwise, we'd get along. So 
so listeners of the podcast you you don't you don't know the 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 kind of backdoor background machinations that go on with this podcast but i had suggested beauty and the beast mm. as our first animated movie uh contender for the vault yeah but then we decided on aladdin and i think that was a better choice i think aladdin is a movie I probably put on before I'd put on Beauty and the Beast. I think yeah. Beauty and the Beast has a lot going for it. And it's very mm. traditional, which is, I guess, is why it was, you know, the first animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture, whatever the fuck that means. Um, but Aladdin, I think, is more entertaining. It was the kind of first yeah. block yeah. blockbuster animated movie. And, of course, it set off a trend for celebrity voices in animated movies that a lot of companies apart from pixar pixar cast their movies very very well Mm. um but up until this point there wasn't really like a big kind of star in a in an animated movie and if there was it wasn't a big thing like it was just because they were yeah yeah, Angela absolutely. Lansbury, I suppose, was the biggest star they, they would have had. Yeah, yeah. And it's a good point about <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. It's like, like Beauty and, the, and even in saying that, like Beauty and the Beast is possibly even like a better film, like as a, as a, as an end to end entity. But but Aladdin is it's like that it's like that argument that a lot of people have about the Godfather one and the Godfather two. The Godfather two is a far superior movie, but the Godfather one is possibly you know one that you'd probably rewatch more. Because uh, it's like an easier, it's an easier sit through. You're you're just kind of like, you know, it, it's just it's a lighter film, uh, and Aladdin is kind of like that when you compare it to Beauty and the Beast. Because yeah, because uh, yeah, Beauty and the Beast gets very dark towards the end. Um, it, it, yeah, it's a heavier film, but yeah, like it's that, more it's more of a, c- a classic kind of yeah movie structure as I, well. You know, it's it's like an old fashioned movie. Yeah, and for me, Aladdin kind of um, also represents kind of a milestone in my life where I I loved like I love the Little Mermaid, I love Beauty and the Beast. I adored Aladdin as a kid, like and I just rewatched the hell out of it. And then I kind of not that I lost interest in Disney, but for me like the Lion King didn't really resonate with me. I, I just thought it was fine. I thought it was a grand film. A lot of my friends like that was their big movie and they'd always at birthday parties the Lion King would be whipped out and it's like, oh yeah, grand, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and play football. Um I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't that into it. And then there was whatever was next was a Tarzan and then it was like Mulan and all those. And like, and for me, it was becoming like kind of a they were losing momentum with each movie after that point until they kind of dwindled yeah. off into nothing. And then and then they just bought Pixar and just became this company that bought content <laughs> and, you know, yeah. bought, bought leverage in the market as opposed to kind of building their own thing. Um, so for me, Aladdin kind of marks the end of Disney as that renaissance that you mentioned for me aladdin is the end of that renaissance i know people would argue that it was really towards lion king and tarzan but i, I would say that it's aladdin was the last yeah, great it's movie. it's probably the peak of it yeah and it's also like i don't know if either ye two have watched the howard ashman documentary but uh, he was the guy who wrote the lyrics for little shop of horrors and he collaborated oh. with alan menken and they went from like little shop of horrors stage to making the little shop of horrors movie and then they got a bit of you know cred with the studios and then disney brought them in they made little mermaid like harold ashman pretty much made the little mermaid the movie that it was and then beauty and the beast he totally made that the movie that it was 
and then he and then at that point he was dying with with with, with AIDS and Aladdin was released like after his death and one of his last songs that he'd actually written for TV, for movies was Friend Like Me. So, you know, and, and it's kind of like that kind of Mencken-Ashman collaboration was fully responsible for that renaissance. And I also, I find it funny to think that like, in like even if I separate that from just my own opinion, it, it is funny that like, it's all, like I feel that like Aladdin was the last great movie of that era. And it just so happens that it was also Ashman's last kind of fingerprints coincidence you know, probably <laughs> probably yeah, yeah. Dre, you, you mentioned the prince of egypt there just to point out because some people <laughs> yeah. listening will be like that's it's not a, a disney movie it's, it's a yeah, dreamworks yeah, yeah it's we, not disney yeah. oh is it not but oh, interestingly okay. enough that was the f- i don't think it was the first dreamworks animation movie but that was jeffrey katzenberg who was the head of yeah. disney when aladdin was made yeah uh, we- well, guys, I obviously knew that. Like, oh. <laughs> and he—he's the guy that was responsible for Aladdin looking and kind of sounding like the Aladdin that we recognize. Because I think they were initially going for kind of a shorter, kind of actually like a, a Marty McFly type guy. They wanted a Michael J. Fox yeah. type um, hero, and um, kind of a bit more wisecracky, short, you know, whatever. And then when when Katzenberg saw the the early reels. He was basically saying, Jasmine isn't going to marry this loser. And he basically told all his art guy, the arts team or the the, 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 the animators, he basically said, make me a Arabian Nights version of Tom Cruise. And that's what they did. They they went and they, they, they came back with the handsome rugged Aladdin that we all know today. And there was meant to be a... I think I think Aladdin's mother was meant to be in it. Yeah. Um, she was I like... Think, in, I think they, re, they redid the whole... Yeah. yeah, much the whole movie from scratch. They don't like mothers in Disney movies. No, <laughs> Jesus, no, no, Jesus, yeah. No, yeah, actually, fresh out. Yeah, absolutely. Bambi. I, I read a um a weird kind of theory behind that. I'm not sure if if. Let's see what you guys think. The mothers. Um, uh, do you know about Walt Disney's family? His parents. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Disney. Mr. and Mrs. Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I do, but you you, you say it, Dre. <laughs> yeah, I do as well, but say it for the listeners. So yeah. this, this is the theory behind there being no, um, you know, strong matriarchal figures in Disney movies is because Disney's, Disney's parents, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Disney... <laughs> He bought them a house, a, a lovely house, um, when he made made all his money. Mm. And then there was some kind of a leak or a gas leak or a, some kind of a stove mishap. And he sent over some lads from the Disney lot to fix it. And they weren't qualified in whatever kind of a leak it was. They were just more so like stagehands, I think, he yeah. sent over. And they fixed what they thought was a problem. And then the... I think the maid or the cleaner came the next day and found his parents dead oh. and they had died from I think ga- a gas leak or something like that and the theory is that he didn't like to he just wanted to see films and to be happy and he didn't want to see representations of parents parents and stuff but then there's loads of dads in it there's loads of dads in, in the movies but no mammies maybe they just hate the matriarchy 
Maybe. Um, so yeah, we're, we're talking about things that we like and things that we hate. So I suppose we're kind of naturally in the kind of Fourier consideration segment. So the Sinistry and Back Alley Oscar, Oscars, if there was a, if there was a category of something that we could put this movie for, what would it be? Um, just to add to what we're talking about, I just have like best animal character in a movie. Like Iago is hilarious, like fantastic. Like, yeah. like Gilbert Goffrey, like he, he's just like, he's got one of the best lines in it where um, Jafar tried to kill Aladdin and then they thought he was dead. And then they were making a move on, on Princess Jasmine. And then when Aladdin turns up and says, hey, you know, I'm not dead, I'm back. Iago's line where it was like, how in the hell? I mean, <laughs> just a really <laughs> yeah, yeah. funny line. Because it's like, yeah, it's like, just, yeah, just funny. Yeah. And I think, um, and I think Abu is a really cool, like as a, as a mute character with not, with no dialogue. Like they actually get a lot of like feeling and emotion out of that monkey, and even when he's an elephant, it's kind of like you—he he really is a big character in the movie. So yeah, I think great, great animal animated acting <laughs> by the cast there, um, and everything else. I think we really covered. You know, I have best songs, and then I just yeah, Biz- Disney in the height of its powers. Um, what about you guys? Yeah. Is there anything else that you have for your consideration? Yeah, I do think that you're right there with Gilbert Gottfried. I'm molting. I'm molting. He <laughs> he doesn't seem to get the respect because uh, I know it's like a, it's obviously a big kind of Robin Williams thing and it's a big deal yeah. or whatever. But yeah, rewatching it, he is really really good. He is and yeah. like perfectly <laughs> cast as Iago. Yeah. But it is a yeah. bit confusing though because he is a parrot and obviously parrots can mimic human yeah. speech, but he like has plans and stuff like it's his idea for Jafar to marry Jasmine and he's scheming he's like you know they're like partners in crime yeah and yet the tiger is just like yeah Um, yeah yeah. and he doesn't speak at all and also well maybe that'll be in in cutter groom floor it's a bit of a nitpick but like a fully grown ass tiger is eventually it's like having a chimpanzee uh, as a pet, it's eventually, you know, uh, like all wild animals, it'll eventually uh, tear Inch your it. face off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Iago, but like Abu, who is voiced by Frank Welker, who also did the voice of another capuchin monkey in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's the same guy doing ah. the vocalizations for Abu, yeah. and he and he does the big. The big, the big tiger cave of wonders voice. That's him as well. But yeah, like um, Abu confused me because he's obviously smart because he's a monkey. Mm. But there's bits where he's like, I imagine, I imagine. like he yeah, does, yeah. he does he speak a few talk. words yeah, of English yeah. here and there when it's like yeah. really dramatic. So he can kind of talk. The tiger doesn't talk at all, and Iago is like a full, you know, he's like. Richard Nixon almost level of evil <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah scheming yeah. you know did you see the potential recasts or or the almost casts for Iago no they no. had apparently Danny DeVito and Joe Pesci were considered oh. which which are which are two very good yeah yeah like yeah. I could I could see both of those it. yeah they would have suited the character for sure yeah but absolutely. I think but I think as well because 
Well, Danny DeVito has been in a number of of things, and he's been you know like he was Homer's brother in The Simpsons, and he's yeah, and then he ended up again, obviously in Hercules, but never saw Gilbert, that film. Gilbert Gottfried, it's not great. Gilbert mm. Gottfried is is Iago in a way, like you know, you kind yeah. of yeah. and because I don't think he's ever done another animated movie. No, um, and it's so. kind of like it's kind of like the perfect role because he does have that really annoying potentially annoying voice but it yeah it, it really suits like joe pesci would have been good as well but I, I can't i can't imagine joe pesci enjoying recording especially all those like all those kind of when he gets injured and stuff because he does get kicked around quite yeah. a bit although i did this come along an animated movie would probably suit him down to the ground because it's just like you know, I can, I can, I can do my golf from six a.m. to twelve. I can, I can go <laughs> yeah, yeah. shoot my gun for two hours, and then I'm in a boot talking to nobody for two hours. Not that he talks anything like that, but <laughs> I can imagine him just like him in a booth on his own with one person talking to him. He'd love that. He, like he doesn't seem to like working with yeah. people a whole while. Uh, Andrea, anything for your consideration? I, I was going to say best whitewashing of characters for the two leads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the the two lead characters are you know pale skinned. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of problems with it with the animation too, isn't there? Yeah. Well, well they're, they're not they're not they're not pale skinned. They're just tanned. Yeah. They're like what white people with they're, tans. They're they're Arab light. Arab yeah. light, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah. I, what, what I really free. like about it. I, I love, I love the kind of, you know, what you don't get in like a live action remake, which is yeah. you get that lovely kind of bouncy animation. Yeah, and mm. there's there's bits in the movie that really stand out. Like there's, I, I I just love like single little lines, like the bit at the beginning where, yeah, your man, the little fat kind of. I made a note where he kind of looks like Danny DeVito. Uh, who goes in and gets swallowed by the the cave of wonders, oh, and yeah. uh, and then they go back to uh, but like his movements and everything are really like amazing, kind of yeah. amazingly expressive. Just the way they express themselves, just through movement in the animation, yeah, in that bouncy mm-hmm. style. But there's a bit where when the prince is what is is the first prince who who knocks Aladdin over in in the mud, and oh, yeah. uh, they're all like kind of what's going on, and uh, this this guy just goes another suitor for the princess. Oh yeah, another just, suitor for the princess. Just the yeah, way his yeah, head yeah. moves is so memorable and like perfect, kind of little, just a tiny yeah. little character piece, little animation that's, piece. That's the great thing about animation um, is that you can just draw <laughs> the exact character that you need for that one line and give him the yeah, and and that's why like. Like with the music as well, like, you know, I know, and I know we, we chatted about this before we, we recorded, like how some of these songs just, you know, they only work when done through a cartoon. Because like, it's yeah. all these zippy lines and the line requires a certain picture to be painted. So that, yeah. for, that for that one millisecond, the character needs to be over here doing something. And then the character needs to zip back over here to do the second line. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's like it's the kind of it's also the height of kind of a musical animated movie. It's it's that kind of genre in in the height of its powers. I think um, definitely it's um, and also 
one thing I, I watched it on the big telly last night and it looks great like it looks really really good in like yeah. 4k hd like it's it's still it's it stands the test of time the only thing and this is kind of a nice segue into the cutting room floor the only thing that didn't look great was the magic carpet uh ride in the cave oh. of wonders towards the oh. end when yes when they were tr- when they were escaping yeah i thought that that dated and it it goes to show how cgi just dates faster than anything else like mm. we were talking about batman mm. last week and and how like mm. batman will always look good because it was there was real sets used not real sets yeah. it was real locations and then when they had to do something like a set or like um like 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 a weird looking building they just build one and they just do it to scale and yeah. that that kind of stuff looks better in years to come than than it than a cgi gimmick and with aladdin yeah it's just funny when i was watching i was thinking that the only thing that looks old the only thing that looks old in Aladdin is the thing that was the most advanced technique they had at it in its time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. For, and then cutting room floor, I've loads, floor, but I, cutting, cutting room floor, floor snip, it's strips covering snip, snip, snip. What we're going to leave on it? <laughs> yeah, I, I have I, I another. I'll go on, Dre. I have another back alley Oscar, but I don't know if you know about it. I, I have. Um, oh yeah, best subtle inclusion of incest in the movie it's because <laughs> i watched i watched a making of aladdin and the illustrator who the artist who did oh yeah uh, jasmine oh, did you sneakies. see that bit and, he, and jasmine he, was based was, on his sister yeah on his sister and he goes oh. i realized i had this photograph in my wallet and he pulls out this like kind of sexy picture of his sister and he was like, so I just started drawing oh her God. and the guys loved her. And then she was she was interviewed then. She was like, oh, God, I don't know why I used that picture. I mean, it was three years ago. Oh, my God. But then the weirdest thing yeah. ever. So they did end up using her likeness um, for for Jasmine's character. And then when it became a success and it was out and everything, she was very good at making clothes. And she had two. She has, she has a son and a daughter. And so for Halloween, she made costumes for the kids and she made herself um, a a Jasmine costume. And then she posted it to her brother, this like real sultry pose where she's just lying across the couch with this belly top and baggy trousers. And they showed it on the documentary. And I I just thought this is the weirdest thing ever. And I would not be including it. That brother and sister have a really really bizarre relationship that yeah. made me very uncomfortable you can come inside my cave of wonders just don't touch anything <laughs> but my lamp <laughs> yeah i actually funnily enough what i was what i was just about to say there as you were saying that andrea was the first thing on my notes was the first thing on the cutting room floor is sexy princess jasmine so when jafar like you know takes over and becomes the sultan they they put her in this like slinky red dress yeah. thing yeah yeah and like when she when when she's pretending that she's being cast under a spell to fall in love with him she stands up and like the shawl that was kind of over her kind of falls kind of like slides off her onto the ground in a kind of a sexy way and it's like this is a cartoon lads like who who drew that in like you know yeah they, all, all the lads had desires in the in the animation room yeah i had yeah. The, i had that written down as slave jasmine as in yeah. like sl- slave Leia in it was like pri- Princess, yeah, yeah, Princess, Princess Leia, Leia. Yeah. same Return. thing, yeah, yeah. 
Do you know what? I have in cutting room floor and you guys being musical fans will probably not like this. But I, I'm not like a huge musical fan and I know that it is a musical and in the best sense of the, of the, of the word Mm. in that the songs really like Aladdin's opening song explains who he is, that he has no parents, that he lives on the street and it introduces the world that he lives in and it does all that in a, in a couple of minutes, very succinctly. And moves the story along. And moves the story along. And then at the end of it, and your man's like, you, you're a street rat. You'll always be a street rat. And when you die, only your fleas will mourn you. Yeah. And then he walks away and he sings this street rat, riff raff. I don't buy that. And it's only like a little, <laughs> yeah. it's only like a little tiny if mini kind of song. look closer. Bit of a reprise. Yeah. Is that what they call them? Great reprise. It's a reprise, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. just seemed to me like it kind of, I was like, why isn't he just having a chat with Abu the monkey about how he's not appreciated <laughs> and he's much better than all these people are. It just yeah. kind of like, it reminded me of, you know, like in Les Mis when it's all, you know, won't you have a cup of tea? Don't you ever talk to Les Mis. please. <laughs> One oh, more no. song. Another song to sing before the end of day. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. I tried to watch Les Miserables and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? This is ridiculous. Oh, I love uh, it. I, I went awful, to see it in the board gosh a couple of years ago and it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I imagine in London loved it. I, I imagine as a as a stage musical it's fine, but when you have Russell twenty foot <laughs> out of grunts crow singing about pouring wine or something, I was <laughs> he like, is hilarious talk, in that role. Russell Crowe can't sing R- Russell Crowe has this problem where he's got like a binary thing. He can't sing and act. Like he can't convey emotion when he's in mid song. I I don't know if you noticed that. Ter- terrible, ter- like terrible casting. Yeah, it um, was. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I would have cut that little that little song, and I would have had him just talk to to Abu the monkey. Funnily like enough, minute. yeah. Funnily enough, yeah. I, I do like that reprise. But as a kid, there's a lyric in the reprise that always stood out to me as a kid. And it, again, even watching it last night, where he goes, um, "Riff raff, street rat, I don't buy that." Um, if only they look closer, would they see a street rat? No, sorry. No, what? What? Like young Arab man would say? No, sorry. It's it's oh, like the yeah. whitest. It's the whitest line you could ever. It's like something. It's like sixties. That's a thing that I'd never noticed when I was a kid because you know Disney just basically take inspiration from like you know like the Little yeah. Mermaid's uh, like a Danish story or something. You know, yeah. Mulan is, is, or yeah, Hans mm-hmm. Christian Andersen, yeah. and uh, you know, Arabian Nights or a thousand tales or whatever, mm-hmm. and they just take it and they go, all right, everyone's American, and they sing American show <laughs> tunes, you know, yeah, like that whole one step ahead of the breadline, you know, yeah. it's real jazzy, jazzy, hello Broadway, yeah, yeah, you know, that's deal to... only what I can't afford. Hey, that's everything. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's real. Like, <laughs> he's got yeah, yeah. he's got an American sensibility to it. As yeah, you know, yeah. as they all do, it's just yeah. it's just that kind of, you know, wh- when there's a, a glut of, and if you look for them, you'll find them. And I read some of them. These, you know, we need to talk about why Aladdin is problematic and whatever. Yeah, you know, these articles that just kind of, you know, forego. And even the 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 reboot has has had those issues and those kind of um, complaints, uh, yeah. you know, thrown at it. 
But for me, I mean, I only notice it now because I'm grown up and I and I know a little bit more about the world and we have the internet and we have so much, so much diversity and so many diverse voices. And we do have, you know, if you want to, you know, watch movies from around the world, you know, at any time, you can do that. But back yeah. then, there wasn't that much of it. Yeah. But to me, I didn't even think about the fact that it was like, you know, uh, uh, an Arabian set movie, yeah. Because you know, because at the time it it, it was going to be in Baghdad. Baghdad was going to be the setting for the movie, but they changed it to Agrabah because the American government was like bombing Baghdad. Yeah. When the when the movie mm. was released, so that's. But you forget all that because it is you know. Hey, I'm I'm a Tom Cruise looking American kid <laughs> who just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. happens to be. Jazzing it up from the streets of Agrabah. Have you thought about his voice and who he sounds like? Uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. His singing voice. No, his talking voice. His talking voice, he sounds exactly like Ryan Gosling. A little bit, yeah. I'm surprised I, I didn't take on that. So much so that I I thought it was, you know, I was googling the cast. I was like, oh, okay, it yeah. sa- it sounds like a, a young Ryan Gosling, like because he Ryan was in Gosling, yeah. he was in the Disney, the Disney club, yeah, yeah. The Disney so club. it would have made yeah, sense yeah. if he was in it. Trev, throw know? up a side by side Ryan Gosling and Aladdin voice side by side. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. like you should. They're, yeah, they're yeah, so alike. they kind of they kind of do sound similar. Yeah. Well done, yeah. Trev. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, throw that in there. Well, it's funny because it's it's they're wonderful people. It's a fascinating place, and it's one mind-bending thing after another. But I guess like anything, you know, if you do it long enough, it becomes normal to you. So they have a kind of a casualness when they're explaining this stuff to you. Literally, one day they they had me park in my old parking space, not on purpose, but it was so trippy because I, you know, it was my parking space from 20 years ago. And wow. uh, the the weirdest circle. The second day of work was the weirdest day of work because it was just like. Hey, how's it going? Like, let's get coffee. Like, nothing. Like, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, everybody. Didn't. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> you bat an eyelash. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, Trev, being a big um, musical Ryan guy. guy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And, and, musical and guy. a musical guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what I, I do have a problem with? The the two different, the two actors playing Jasmine. So, the, the it's a different actress playing Jasmine when she's singing and a different actress playing her when she's speaking because mm. the actress who was the singing Jasmine yeah. was a West End and Broadway sensation like she could act and she was also Asian you know yeah yeah, yeah. why why and and in in the making of like she was the first um she was she had the she was the first one in the in the lead role for Miss Saigon yeah, yeah. Like she's yeah. incredible, has an incredible voice, knows how to act. And in the making of um, when they show her kind of behind the scenes and the she's just talking about how magical it is and how she's going to show the kind of wonder in her voice and all this. Her voice sounds perfect. Her voice mm. sounds perfect yeah. to me. I don't, why did they do that? Yeah, I watched that documentary as well. And yeah, I was like, she's really good. Like, because she's. Yeah. And that that was the difference between, um, and maybe we you know we're talking about the reboot too soon, but 
when I watched most of the reboot and I didn't finish it. And I'll tell you why later on. Either. Um, but I watched it just beyond a whole new world. Yeah. And in the animated movie, and she kind of says it in that documentary where she's like, and she's only 21 when she yeah. when she sang the song. But she was like, I was picturing myself on a magic carpet flying through the, and you can hear that yeah. in her voice in the performance. Whereas in the reboot, it's just two singers singing a fucking pop song. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't have any, yeah. it doesn't have a, any relation to what's happening, you know, on the screen. Where she was, you could genuinely hear the awe of her. Like she's singing yeah. beautifully while also getting across, uh, believably, that she's flying on a magic carpet. <laughs> and that's really, that's like really hard to do. Hey, it's and a tough trick. It off. It's a tough nut to crack. But you're right. And like, and that's down to, yeah, that's a pure Broadway person singing that. But I think to your point about like, why have two different people uh, like and again it, it's part of the of the disney problem with like the disney machine mm. of trying to like um kind of uh what's the word like um functionalize or de- departmentalize uh, yeah. every aspect of a, of, a, of a production line <laughs> and make yeah. every single one of those cogs perfect rather than just going with a kind of a natural thing and having just somebody who's like like you know rather than a 100% singer and 100% actor go for somebody who's like 80% and blends the two together and you can kind of it's a bit more you know it's a bit more uh, natural I suppose on the Princess Yasmin stuff that I didn't realize that there was actually she was meant to be a much more active character in in the movie there's a lot of stuff that was cut from the actual uh, final movie there was a whole scene where when her dad was trying to like pressure into marrying um Jafar and prior to that some of the other suitors she had this whole kind of like we have to talk scene where she like dragged her dad into this other room and confronted them and everything and the animators basically just kicked up a fuss because they're already working crazy hours and they're like we're not we're not drawing another room in this palace just for this one scene that's like pointless so let's just cut it so they they cut it and they just retorted to they already had her bedroom done so they they just cut to that scene where it was like her crying on her pillow which is like yeah. it went from her being this like you know power not not powerful but somebody who's contesting against like the way it was back then to just this kind of damsel in distress crying on her pillow kind of thing which is kind of a bit which was a pity they went down that road and then there was also there was a song that she had called call me a princess that got cut it's funny they kind of like with the Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, and Beauty and the Beast, they like, you know, they they wrote these kind of Disney princess characters, but that had a bit of a bit of weight to them, and they had different things going on. And then they go to Aladdin, and just just because there's like a lead role being played by a guy, and then you have the genie, the princess just be kind of she became a real B player in in the movie. Like she she there, there was nothing to her. She's a very boring character. And they yeah. could have done something more with that. And I know we'll talk about the reboot. They they tried to do that with the reboot, I suppose, but hey, we'll get to that. Um favorite quotes. I, I I've got a couple written okay, so there's like two big ones that I already mentioned one, the Iago joke where he's like, How in the hell? I mean rah. like I, I already said that one. Um I I liked like because I I've seen it so much and I've seen it so much as a kid and then I've seen it so much now because like Dylan has watched it a few times so it's just always in the background so even watching it last night I was picking up on kind of the smaller things 
So I was writing down kind of like some of the smaller lines in the movie, but the bit where Genie rescues Al and he says, hey, I'm getting kind of fond of you, kid. But then as he's flying off with him on his shoulders, he goes, you know, not that I want to pick out curtains or anything. <laughs> just That's what I have as my coat, Trev. It's a really sweet line. It's very yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I also think um, I like Jafar's line when he's trying to kill Aladdin, when he's hanging out, hanging off the Cave of Wonders entrance, where he goes, you shall have your awards, your eternal reward. And he takes out the jagged knife. I think it's a really good bad guy line. Uh, and then your one, eternal your eternal reward. And then one line that I wrote down, I just thought it was funny from like a kind of a like a from an extra. Um, when she's going through the marketplace and it's like you know pistachios, nuts, and then the guy at the end he's like fish. We catch them, you buy them. <laughs> just like a really, yeah, yeah, yeah. a really funny line. Like you know, it's like yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a lazy salesman. <laughs> I have them, you want them. There you go. Um, any any lines from you guys? I had the same one as you, Trev. Yeah, hey, great minds. Love we're podding we're podding too much, you know. <laughs> I I I really like um, the line in, and it always made me laugh when uh, I used to rewatch it on video, on VHS, uh, as a young as a young man. But when he the Prince Ali song. Mm. And uh, there's a bit where he goes, he's got 95 white Persian monkeys. And then it cuts to these uh, guards doing this funky kind of sideways dance. Oh, yeah. And he goes, yeah. he's got the monkeys. Let's see the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> just that little yeah, yeah. bit always made me laugh. Yeah. It's like a little quick little visual thing. With this, yeah, the way that, yeah. And they've got this kind of gleeful look in their eyes. He's got the yeah. monkeys. Let's see the monkeys. He's got the monkeys. Yeah. I thought, he's I got thought the world class menagerie. I thought that was That's very, a great song. I thought that was very funny. Are we, yeah. well, are, have we gone past cutting room cutting room floor? We have, but let's do a r- 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 rewind. Because there was one thing in the cutting room floor that, um, well, it's more it's more of a nitpick than anything. Mm. I would have had more things of wonder in the Cave of Wonders. Because yeah. in the Cave of Wonders, all it has is big kind of mountains of, of gold and yeah, jewels. It's somebody's bank. And one magic carpet. Like, I would have had a few more wondrous things, maybe, in the Cave of Wonders. But but my big cuddling room floor is uh, Jafar. I really disliked Jafar this time around. Because he falls into that weird category of Disney villain. Where he's, like, seemingly gay or something. But... but, (laughs) I didn't no. pick up on that. But but, may, but maybe like he's really posh English and yeah. he's very effeminate and he's played, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, it's like your man in uh, the bad guy in Pocahontas and the bad guy in um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. They've got this weirdly sort of, but they're almost like they're asexual, like he's turned on by power. Like, the, yeah. you know, he, he just wants to be powerful. And I just thought he was just way kind of too over the top. And and then I read somewhere that Patrick Stewart was offered was offered the role. But because he was uh, he was shooting Star Trek in space and he said, look, I'm in space. (laughs) Yeah. And I could I could come back in a shuttle, but it would take too long and it take months because we're like we're in the deep 
you know, darkness of space here shooting this show. But he would have been better because he's because he's a better actor than the guy that mm. they hired, who was yeah. an American dude doing a kind of an English. But if Patrick Shear was just doing his own voice, I mean, they probably would have said, oh, yeah, like ham it up. But he's so yeah. happy. His, his fingers freak me out. Jafar's fingers are like three times as long as a normal human being's fingers. And they just they just freak me out completely. But but your your point on the power thing, I, I, I definitely take because there is that lazy villain trope in a lot of Disney films where it's like, yeah. I want to be king. And it's like, okay, but why? power yes yeah. there's no motivation there and like and he, he, the, yeah he, he he wants to marry jasmine and he doesn't kind of go all oh, right she's she's a bit of all yeah. right he's like i'll be sultan you know yeah. and even yeah. even to the point where he he wants jasmine to fall in love with him yeah because he knows she never she'll never actually naturally fall in love with him because he's obviously an evil bad guy but yeah also because he's probably not interested in women um, and he's never going to be able to seduce her because, you know, he just, he literally doesn't have it in him. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he's really interested in anything. Plus it's one of those things where it's like in the Lord of the Rings where Grima Wormtongue, whose fucking name is Grima Wormtongue. And he's like, he's as pale as anything. He doesn't have any eyebrows. And they're like, hmm, I wonder who's working for uh, Sauron here, or Saruman. <laughs> is it that pale, evil-looking dude who looks really fucking evil and his name is Wormtongue? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, Jafar is yeah. so... Ob- you know, like, when, when the Sultan goes, who's also, like, a fat, friendly Englishman. Yeah. Um, the Sultan goes, ah, Jafar, my most trusted advisor. I just laughed <laughs> because I was like... What are you talking yeah. about? He's like so plainly evil. He's trying to yeah. take over the whole place. He lives. Place. He lives in a hidden room, like in the basement, <laughs> yeah, with a big yeah. magic wheel that bo- that generates lightning. <laughs> He's got like a golden yeah. uh, snake stick staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was confused as to as to. Like, like I know he's like an advisor to the Sultan, but then he's like hypnotizing him with this staff. And then he yeah. wants to become a sorcerer. And I was like, wait, are you not some kind of magician sorcerer already? I just, oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, he wanted to have magic. He wanted to be a sorcerer, but he already kind of was a sorcerer because he already had spells. And when he disguised himself, he it was like fucking Rick Baker did the, the, the makeup for him. Like when he was the yeah. old man, <laughs> he looked amazing with the teeth and everything. Like some of some of the the almost casting um, or some of the people that were considered for um, Jafar, you have Tim Curry, which that's I who I s- thought it was. Yeah, he Initially. looks like Tim Curry. So I, 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 it sounds like I, him too. Yeah, yeah, they had Kelsey Grammer as well um, in line for the role. Oh, he would have been good. He would have been fantastic. Christopher Lloyd, I couldn't imagine that. Uh, like maybe, oh, yeah. but like he, Christopher Lloyd maybe. from Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, and Ian McKellen, which kind of would have been, yeah, kind of that Patrick Stewart arena of actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, and look, we're kind of um, naturally moving on to plot holes here. And on the point of Jafar, that whole scene where Jafar puts like a ring onto an electric wheel and Iago is pushing around, like he's on top of a conveyor belt treadmill thing, <laughs> generating electricity through the ring so he can see the diamond in the rough and he can see a lot. La- 
what the f- what what the fuck is he at? Like, I, I've no- like they didn't explain that. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, it just goes yeah. from like you know. And, and if he had all real lightning, that's his <laughs> yeah, only line. <laughs> yeah, but if they had all that like paraphernalia, like if he had all that shit to generate that to figure out who the diamond in the rough was. Why did he try countless times with all these different guys that got kept getting eaten by the tiger sand yes. man? Um, yeah. Like, what, what the fuck was that about? And then in the song as well, The Whole New World, like, they literally travel the world in one song. <laughs> like, how long was that song? They, go, they fly over Greece. They fly over China. Like, like they're on a magic carpet. Like they're they're not in the Concord. That's magic, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That 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 that. Yeah, I didn't. And the only other thing I had for plot holes was um, just Aladdin. Like he towards the end of it when he starts questioning, oh genie, I don't know if I can let you free now because you know I'm a prince and I don't think they're going to believe me and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna I'm gonna need to have you around. What? Why? What's yeah. going on? What? Like, if if the if Aladdin was afraid that they'd find out that he wasn't really a prince, but he wished to the genie for him to be a prince. So surely that means he now is a prince. Like all the paperwork is there. He has a backstory. Yeah. He, yeah. He, you know what the fuck is that about? So is, is it just is it just for for appearances only, or is yeah. it a, is it an actual? He's an actual prince now. Yeah, because otherwise it's like, oh, can you make me cosplay? Like the, the wish wasn't like, can I be cosplay as yeah. a prince? And he, it was and, like, I, and he says yeah. to him, I can't keep this up. You know, I can't keep this up by myself. And I was thinking, well, he's only got one more wish. So yeah. what, like, what's he going to wish for? I'm going to yeah. need to keep you around because I'm eventually going to have to wish for something that I don't know yeah. what it is yet. Can I reopen my prince powers? But, like, but Trev... <laughs> Just to get back to what you were saying about the the the, the machine that he had mm. for where he'd look in a in, in what was he looking in like an hourglass or something, and then he'd see uh, Aladdin where he was yeah. at that time, and oh look, there's the diamond in the rough because he only received that information from the Cave of Wonders, the yeah. Ball of Sauron, but <laughs> the glass eye, yeah, yeah. but like. The, the the cave of wonders doing that whole you know seek you out the the diamond in the rough and the I was rough. and I just yeah. went because you know in in the context of movie logic it kind of makes sense but yeah. that's like saying to someone seek you out the good skinned lad who's a bit of crack you know like the diamond <laughs> yeah. in the rough is such a broad term like you know. Mm. This guy's yeah. oh, th- this guy's sound. He, he's a good egg. Like seek you about the good egg. You're like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Has anyone ever entered a mysterious cave in a movie and not had to like go running out of it because it's falling apart? <laughs> like if it's Indiana Jones, Aladdin, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like yeah. Lord of the Rings is fucking not the dragon. But what's that fire dragon thing? Balrog. Lord of the Rings called Balrog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balrog. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like I don't, I've never seen a movie where anyone just enters a cave and then just like at their leisure yeah. just walks out of it. Well, got the, Goonie, the Goonies, <laughs> the whole cave collapse to come out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, collapses yeah. around them. Yeah, yeah. like ca- caves aren't built to last in movies. No, <laughs> yeah. never, yeah, never, yeah. never buy a cave off someone in a movie, guys. <laughs> did Did anyone have anything for the Star Wars Gunner? The hung the hungry kid. 
in the marketplace who Jasmine gives food to. And oh, then yeah. your, man, your, man, your man tries to cut her hand off because if she hadn't done that, yeah. Aladdin wouldn't have come in and saved her. They never would have met. And she would have just went back to the yeah. palace and married some and asshole prince. How naive is she? Like, obviously, she's like, she's a princess. So she's probably studied economics and she's probably studied how the, like, the markets work and how they support. Like, she, she took the piece of fruit and gave it to the kid. And he's like, you have to pay for that. And she's like, what? What do you mean I have to pay for what's it? What's money? It, yeah, what's money? I don't carry money in my purse. I don't have, like, it's like walking What's a around, purse? Like, I'm just a princess. <laughs> <laughs> like walking around it's what, what entitlement like I'm going to just take this piece of fruit and give it away because I own everything anyway yeah. you're right Trev he should have cut her hand off he should have cut her fucking hand off yeah absolutely um, we usually talk about who would star in the reboot well unfortunately there was a reboot um, oh. like we, let's give it five minutes let's just have a quick bit of a debrief I I, I didn't I know you guys watched it recently I I, I did not because I've, I did see it about a year ago and Jesus Christ, I, I couldn't put myself through that again. Um, yeah. I mean, it's directed by famed... Um, <laughs> famed family vis- movie. Visionary, famed, visionary director, yeah, Guy Arabian Ritchie. Arabian director. Yeah, who did, Guy Ritchie. You know, he did Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, but obviously he had a burning desire to remake Aladdin and do it right. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't finish it but I was I was struck by how compared to the animated movie and not just in terms of entertainment even or casting just in terms of structure like the 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 animated movie opens with a lovely little scene with um the the genie disguised as a as a human man yeah which I yeah. always assumed I know they had like they were supposed to have another scene that would confirm that but when I was yeah. a kid, I just went, I recognized Robin Williams's voice. And I was like, all right, that's just the genie having yeah. a laugh. Doing, yeah. And when, and it's very, it was, you know, and obviously it's very kind of meta stuff where he's talking directly to camera. And then he's like, come closer. And it like zooms in and smushes well, his face. Yeah. He's like, do yeah. I remember that, that getting a big laugh and not being something that had previously been in a, like an animated movie. But yeah. like the fourth has, wall, bro. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he that that kind of, yeah those kind of meta jokes, but he has that like opening scene, the opening song, and then it sets up Jafar, the Cave of Wonders. He wants what's in that cave. Then you set up um, Aladdin with a song, and you set up Jasmine, and then you bring all those characters together, and it's like twenty minutes, and it's everything set up. You know where you are. You know what everyone wants. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the reboot, like it opens with will smith on a boat with his kids and he starts singing on holiday on holiday yeah and he starts singing the arabian night song and then it goes in straight into the marketplace and you see jasmine and she's disguised but you haven't seen her as a princess so like i knew she was jasmine because i've seen the original aladdin but like that's the introduction to the character and she meets aladdin and then you go to the Cave of Wonders, but you don't really know what the Cave of Wonders is. It just it's this big thing and your man gets swallowed and then you see Jafar. But it's like it was so I was like, who are these fucking people? It was really badly done. And it yeah. seemed like it was just kind of rushing to get to the genie. Get to the song. Yes. I mean, like obviously Will Smith was fantastic in it. Should have been nominated. Um Like it's not even that he was that bad. It's just Yeah. It's just he's 
like again, just the point that we made earlier on, the songs work the be- they work in this film because it's a cartoon and yeah. they're written yeah. for like and and I've I've actually I remember seen like to talk about the Alan Menken again. I remember hearing an interview where he'd said like when they got the contract to make the Little Mermaid. Howard Ashman and Mencken were like, this is like winning the musical lottery because you can basically just write anything because there's no, it, it, it's a carte blanche or it, it's no holds barred. You can write anything because it's a cartoon. Anything can happen. Even like once you're, once you keep within the plot and once you're hitting home the main messages of the song, you can go in any direction and zigzag any way you want. And even Lin-Manuel Miranda said the exact same thing when he got the, the deal for Moana. Like he could just, for the Maui song and all that kind of stuff. Like he, he just could go in a, a bazillion directions once he just, la- once he knew where he had to land with the song. Yeah. When there's humans singing, you can't really do that. You can't have like, and, and that's suddenly when you're watching Will Smith singing like um, Prince Ali and singing his friend like me song, it just sounds really, it just feels really slow. Cause it's, it's like a, it's like watching a, a car, like recreate like a, a you know a, a space shuttle <laughs> journey or something it's just it's just a, it's a different vehicle and it's not built yeah. for that kind of stuff so yeah i, I just yeah it just doesn't it's, work it, it's like know? when a lad when aladdin runs off screen during his one step song yeah and abu's tail like grabs the bread all in the same kind of shot and they go off screen yeah. like you could do that in live action but it would seem unnatural and there's a thing yeah. I have with these these live action remakes, which I guess in the sense, like, well, I suppose The Lion King is technically an animated movie because none of it's real. It's all mm. computer generated animation. But I have with Aladdin, I was like having whatever the whatever the opposite of Uncanny Valley is, you know, when you're watching something like when you're watching a digital recreation of, of an actor and it doesn't yeah. look oh, yeah. quite right. And oh, your brain yeah, is yeah. going this this looks terrible. Like when they tried to do Peter Cushing in in that Star Wars movie. I was going to just say that's the exact reference. Or even even fucking Luke in the Mandalorian. I yeah, felt like that. It's like there's yeah. there's something off. I get yeah. that when I when I watch live action remakes of animated movies because it's yeah. real. I'm going. This is wrong. My brain is telling yeah. me that this should be this should be lovely bouncy yeah. uh, Disney yeah. animation here, and it's not. Yeah. But I don't know, like, who could play? Because we haven't really talked about Robin Williams. That, I, I, I've that, got one that much in this so, podcast. I know. I, actually, it's a it's a good show, and we really should just on your question if Robin Williams wasn't to be in the reboot, and we had to think of somebody else. The only other person I can think of is Martin Short, with that the same kind of energy. Now maybe he's a bit old now. Yeah, but like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because Jim... Tom cause Jim... Hanks. <laughs> well, I, I do. I know I always try and shoehorn Tom Hanks into things, but I do believe he would be a great Aladdin, only for his work ethic and his, um, his ability to just go with the flow yeah. and... <laughs> And, and he's and just go a... with the go with the advertising initiative. <laughs> yeah, because so he I... would have no problem with Aladdin using his image. Yeah, yeah. To plan, <laughs> no, not his image, his character's image. And he's, he's just the... the right amount of white for you know a Disney Arab <laughs> in the nineties. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah. tell him, tell him to get a bit of a tan. Dre, Joe you versus sound, the lamp. You sound like uh, an eight-year-old Tom Hanks's mother 
pitching for him to play the genie in like the school musical production yeah, of Aladdin. Yeah. I think he would be a good a good genie. He's um he proved his worth in Toy Story, you know, with the vo- with the you know the voice acting and the being a being a toy, being an actor. <laughs> Come on, it writes itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I, yeah. I I don't know. I think Jim Carrey would be, even though he's maybe a little bit too old now. Jack yeah. Black. The- Jack Black, yeah, yeah. The reason why I was he's saying short well. was because it's that. He's even like the, the, I know he's. A, I know, but it's that kind of the genie's jokes are very much kind of like lounge act type jokes. You know, yeah, it's like kind of vaudeville esque. Yeah, and that's why I'm thinking short. Um, yeah. But 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 Kerry's a great one as well. Um, on the Robin Williams thing, and this is kind of a bit of a Trev's trivia section, but. That scene you were talking about at the start where, you know, he's the peddler and he's talking about the, the lamp and he's describing everything about, like, he's selling the the, 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 mm. the lamp or the... the, the it slices, the, it dices, the, the Italian fries. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was just Williams, like, in the studio, they put loads of, like, uh, trinkets on a table and covered it with a blanket and then uncovered yeah. it and said, here, go nuts, improv. Um, oh, brilliant! Which is really so impressive. Like, and apparently there, there was like bras and knickers and stuff, and he was making loads of dirty jokes. So, <laughs> just like Mrs. Doubtfire, apparently there's a whole there, there's hours and hours of footage of him saying really crude, yeah. horrible things as yeah. the genie. Um, which I'd love to you, give me, give me the, give me the, give me the R-rated cut. Oh, of so, Aladdin. so he yeah. he he did the same thing that he did in Mrs. Doubtfire with with the dinosaurs yeah. on the table. Except he made it funny this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, the genie thing, like, I know we all talked about it, but just for our listeners at home, the peddler at the start is the genie that was in the original script. Um, he's telling the story, and that's why it's this old lamp, because it's, he no genie resides there anymore. Um, little ways of picking up on it. Like, Spoiler it was a fan. at the start of the film, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come he's on, guys, catch freed. up here. <laughs> Yeah, he's been freed, and he chooses to be a peddler. A pe- yeah, yeah. Well, on, on that on that day, probably on that. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Does mm. he still have the magical powers? Too? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, he's. Yeah, it's a weird well, choice he's, for. He's, um, he flies off at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. With his he goes to goofy, Disneyland. His goofy hat. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, that's that's something that I have as um the only thing that I had in the product placement corner was because obviously it's a cartoon. There's not a lot of product placement here, but was. Rob Williams, when he's free, he's packing his bag and he's got the goofy hat on. And yeah. as a kid watching that, in my head, the, the first thing I thought of was, oh, he's free now, so he's go- he's going to travel to Disneyland <laughs> on his round-the-world yeah. trip. Oh, and I yeah. wonder... Yeah. And I was... I, I, and when I was doing my research for this, I, like, I was... I came across the thought, like, is this the first Disney film that inserts, like, little Easter eggs from previous like from other Disney canon in the movie. Yeah. Because I know they do that in other movies, but I, I, I never saw that in Little Mermaid. I didn't see it in... And the, cra- the crab is in Little Mermaid. Yeah, the yeah. crab. The, the Sebastian is in the case when, when, yeah. when Robin Williams is taken out of the case. And um, the beast from Beauty and the Beast is in that stack of animals that the, that the Sultan is stacking. Yeah. Um, there's a beast oh. in the corner, yeah. So... Yeah, a few little Easter eggs. I, I think it's the first time Disney did something like that. I, I think you, you, you missed one thing, though, when, when it came to product placement, though, Trev. Oh, yeah? Apples. No. Uh, just <laughs> where I have it in my notes here, just the entire movie, because they sold 
like numerous toys, lunchboxes, whatever's of yeah. genies, whatever. Like they sold everything yeah. from that movie. Flying carpets, well, not flying carpets. Actually, <laughs> th- there's something something you didn't mention. You did mention the um, the CGI when they're leaving the Cave of Wonders, and I remember being in the cinema. There's yeah, there's a shot where Aladdin's going. Uh, oh boy! Like he's they're going to hit a wall or something, and then yeah. it just goes into a POV of it flying yeah. down like a really ob- it looks like a PlayStation game. Yeah, it's like Doom. It's really like obvious. And I remember in the cinema going, "Oh, that's that looks very very clunky." But what yeah. doesn't look clunky is the magic carpet. Looks great because the magic carpet is hand drawn animation, but then mm-hmm. because. They couldn't get the 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 pattern on the magic carpet to stay constant. Yeah. In hand drawn, it's a computer generated pattern on a hand drawn animated carpet. So oh. I ne- like I never knew that. I only I only found that out watching uh, watching documentaries on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> eagle eyed section. Trevor's eagle eyed section. Uh, save tonight. <laughs> I when I was watching it this time at the end of the movie, um, when the genie kind of like pulls the film up and kind of gives a final little wave at the end, you know, before made he pulls, you look. The, yeah, yeah, made you look. When he when he pulled the film up, I noticed in the corner of the film that it just there's like um an couple alpha of frames numeric. of an erect penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney and around it Disney, again, and Walt Disney with a natty hat in the corner. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was just it just said BG one four five four, and I wrote it down and I googled it. If you, and if you Google it, BG one four five four, all it said, all it is, is loads of people on Reddit saying, "What the fuck does BG one four five four mean?" It's like <laughs> nice. it's an unaddressed like t- like piece of thread that nobody's actually figured out what the fuck it means, and I, c- I couldn't find an answer for it. I, I googled it for five minutes, five hard minutes. <laughs> it was just the page number of the animation, I'd say. yeah yeah. Uh, and the other thing i noticed was um when the genie was getting um aladdin ready to cosplay as a prince on the dressing room like the 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 direct the wooden dressing post phone box thing that he was kind of like getting al to kind of come in and out of when he was dressing Mm. him up there was all posters on the dressing room with like erect uh, penises (laughs) Yeah, and what is Nina Nati uh, costume? Um, <laughs> it was uh, loads of like uh, modeling shots of the genie, like where, with different poses, like voguing with like sunglasses on and oh, yeah. hats on and stuff. I, I thought it was a really well. nice. It was, yeah, it was a really cool little touch. Again, it's purely because Dylan has watched it so much. I, I, I'm, I was looking, I was yeah, looking yeah. In the Ar- around the edges. constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do that with movies that I've seen a million times. I just kind of look. Yeah. I look at the extras or I look at the yeah, look at the corners of the frame just to see if there's any kind of weird Yeah, what's going know, on any... over there? Yeah, yeah. Is that a, is that yeah. an erect penis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that Walt Disney in a Nazi costume? Oh it is. Uh third time's a charm. Um but yeah, that was my that was my eagle eye section. What about you guys? Did you guys notice anything <laughs> or um any other closing bits before we move on to the uh one star review section? I didn't see any of those famous floating penises that Ed always talks about in Disney movies, yeah. 
in Disney movies. <laughs> is is Aladdin one of the films that that, that I think Trev didn't you say there's there's meant to be whispers? There's meant to be a whisper. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you have to play it backwards if you have to turn the volume, but there, apparently there's a whisper of something. And I didn't actually research it for this. I didn't re-research it, so I'm remembering what I said and what I saw ages ago. But it's something like, "Hey, kids, take off your clothes," or good, something. Good like... teenagers, take off your clothes. Is the line? There you yeah. go. That's the line. Yeah, yeah. So that that apparently is in Aladdin. So how's our little bow doing? Come on, good teenagers, take off. Down. Hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. No. I think you it, can you can make something sound like whatever you want it to sound like sometimes yeah yeah and, and, and if, that's what if, people want to hear if you if you're a fully grown uh adult human listening for like uh, sex references in children's animated movies you are a sexual pest yeah um yeah <laughs> and also like yeah. teenagers don't need encouragement to have sex with each other that's all they want to do <laughs> yeah yeah once you yeah. Re- reach a certain age you're just horny for each other so it's not like i'd never thought about taking off my clothes until i heard aladdin say it off screen in the yeah. aladdin movie and now that's all i want to do <laughs> i don't know ed riffraff i don't buy that if only they'd look closer would they see a penis no siree <laughs> They yeah. take off their clothes and have sex with me. <laughs> Unbelievable breasts. <laughs> okay. One star movie reviews. Yeah, As always, be- before we take that walk up to the vault, you can hear the keys jingling in my, in my pocket. Before I open the vault and before I... Uh, I, I hope those are keys. <laughs> hey, is that a key in my pocket or am I just near the vault? Um, yeah, I before we make the decision if this movie does or does not deserve a place in the coveted Sinistream Vault, we always go to the IMDb movie community, uh, the user community, to see what they have to say. Um, so as you walk down this one-star movie review section, fasten your seatbelts, um, <laughs> tighten your earpods, and uh, listen up. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I've got two this week. Right? These are these are one was one was written in 2017. One was 20, 2008. I'll start with the first. Uh, this is by. <laughs> sorry, I'm just. <laughs> I actually. I never. I never read the guys, the people's names, and it's only when I'm doing it live on the podcast I realize how crazy their names are. So this <laughs> username is Johnny My Man sixty eight. Johnny My Man sixty eight, my man. The title of the review is "I Don't Understand." Just an overrated movie to me. I just don't get why people love this movie. It is terrible. The story was terrible. The characters weren't likable. None of them. And it doesn't do any good messages at all. Okay, so his, his grasp of English, by the way, isn't, isn't the best. And both of these reviews aren't written in the best of English. But however, the music isn't horrible. I just don't like them as much. And most of the songs 
I don't even care about. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know if this person knows how to like, write, let alone like, write a review. It's just a dumb movie. There was not one thing I liked about this movie. I didn't like the characters. I didn't like the story. I didn't like the songs. <laughs> he just said he liked the songs. Um, I didn't like the characters. Gee, he changed I didn't his like mind the story. in two lines. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like the animation, the jokes. No one was likable. The main character tries to be someone else instead of being himself, which made the movie unwatchable for me. And at the end, it's supposed to be a happy ending. But no, it's not. It's a horrible ending. The movie's horrible. Wow. <laughs> um, blah, blah, blah. I've never seen a movie this bad um, since I've seen Oliver and Company and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Stay away, exclamation mark. It's overrated. The music's bad, the animation's bad, and the characters are bad. It's overrated. Too overrated for its own good. (laughs) (laughs) What's Oliver and Company? Oliver Twist? No, Oliver and Company was like a a movie about cats and dogs. Um, Oh, right. No, no, it it was Oliver Twist. But it, yeah, it was Disney with cats and dogs doing Disney with cats and story. dogs. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Animated it was in the cinema, from... wasn't it? it? It was around the time of All Dogs Go to Heaven. One of those kind of. Yeah, like... it was like an. It was kind of an early eighties movie, I think. Can't yeah, remember. yeah. Okay. Before the so, rena- Renaissance. Before the Renaissance. Um, okay, so a thesis must. Okay, that name means nothing. A thesis must. Okay, shorter <laughs> review. Thank, thank God. Um, Overestimated is the title of the movie. Overestimated, <laughs> like he's like he's pricing a like an extension or something. Like uh, overestimated. <laughs> what? Yeah, the movie said approximately ninety three minutes long. It was actually uh, eighty nine minutes long, so I didn't like that. Um, and here we come to the second worst Disney film, only topped by The Little Mermaid. The music <laughs> is fine, <laughs> Disney, you know, but the animation cannot be actually called animation because it's not beautiful or the like. The story is just hasty and has no substance. The villain is a stereotype and the ending, as the whole story, predi- he actually, he writes like Jeff Goldblum talks. He, he kind of has like um, lots of pacing and full stops in his words. Uh, the, the villain, a stereotype. The ending, um, um, predictable. <laughs> I guess the only good thing is the genie and Iago and Flying Carpet. You see, minor characters are to a certain degree funny and amiable if you can call a genie a minor character. But Aladdin, Yasmin and Jafar are shallow and kind of boring. Kind of, that's fair enough. Uh, therefore, one out of ten stars, quite Clement, in brackets, um, paying tribute to the genie and the music. Yeah, that's it. Not fantastic one-star reviews this week, but um, it, again... I can kind of not disagree with some of their negative negative points, but on the whole, like, um, I, yeah, I can't agree with ninety yeah. percent of what they're saying here. Like, the one thing I will say is that, like, Aladdin, Jasmine, and Jafar, yeah, they are a little bit shallow as characters and they're a little bit boring. But I think the genie and Iago and the music does enough to elevate this into a into a Disney classic. Um, well, I mean, the, the the characters are broadly painted animated disney characters who you know like they want things and they sing songs about wanting things yeah so to say that they're you know the characters are too broad or something is like yeah i mean but look i barely understood those 
reviews because they were so yeah, badly written. Rambling, yeah. rambling, very poorly written reviews this week. So I, I, I would actually like to give these reviews a, a one star rating um, this week. <laughs> yeah, did, yeah. Like, did either of those reviewers not see the bit where the dudes do that? dance and sing he's got the monkeys let's see the monkeys come on like that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you gotta be yeah. dead inside to not enjoy yeah. that um i'll start the the vault the vault chat <laughs> vault chat i actually had to think about this a little bit before i joined the the the, the, the google hangouts this could like, be one of trev's infamous hot takes hey a trev hot take um no look I am landing with yes, it goes in the vault, but I have to think about it because to your earlier point, like Beauty and the Beast is is a darker, richer, more <laughs> movie with more substance, but it's not as rewatchable as the likes of Aladdin is. And I think yeah. Aladdin is, I think it's brevity kind of helps it as well. It's such a short film that you could just have it on and it's over before you know it. And it's just a nice little yeah. quip. Um, the genie's brilliant. The jokes are great. Um yeah, I was surprised at how good the animation looks. Um, like Beauty and the Beast, like aged a bit more, I think, when you rewatch that. And that whole ballroom thing in the Beauty and the Beast just looks really weird and jarring now because it just it, that technology has aged so drastically. So, yeah, like I think the CGI wasn't used as heavily in in, in the Aladdin side of things. And um, yeah. bear that one scene that you were talking about um, when it went into the POV mode. Um, with the exception of that, I think yeah, everything else looked pretty cool. But yeah, look, it's it's a great movie. It really highlights Disney at their their the height of their of their powers, um, in that kind of wave that they were in. I think it's better than the Lion King. Um, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a good film. I, I think it's uh, and it does have a special place in my heart as well because I saw it a lot growing up. I was obsessed with it as a kid. I used to quote the genie a lot. Um, and I think when Dylan's a little bit older, I think he'll get the same kind of kick out of it. So, hmm. yeah, it's I did have to think about it, but yeah, it's in the vault for me. Andrea, I'll go to you. What do you think? Well, it is a whole new world, <laughs> but I think out of respect for Robin Williams and how badly he was treated by the people of Disney on his behalf. I'm not going to advertise the film further and I'm not letting it into the vault. Ooh. <laughs> I'll, let, no, I, yeah. I'll let 25% of the film into the vault. <laughs> Just his and that's 25% is the genie. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I think... Um, nice. Watching it, I... Like, you, you'll disagree, but I was a bit bored. I loved the musical numbers and I loved... But only the, the ones at the top of the film, yeah. you know? Um up until the point where the genie sings his first song and then I kind of was bored and I know now why it wasn't a big you know I didn't I didn't destroy the tape on this one by watching it all the time I did love the song now mm. I probably did play that song a lot to learn it and stuff but it just it, yeah I I I was a bit bored by it and I can't see myself watching it ever again. Really? But I but I but I will because I'm a musical person, I love the musical stuff. Yeah. I will listen to those few songs again, for sure. But yeah, it's not um for me it didn't stand the test of time. 
did any of you watch this on Disney Plus? Yeah. I did, yeah. Did you... On your Disney Plus. Thanks, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you, did you the see disclaimer the, sl- at the, the disclaimer at the, at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a few movies now with but, that. But but you know what? I kind of I kind of don't mind that as much because the disclaimer isn't... The disclaimer is basically saying, look, this movie was made in 1992. Yeah. The world has come along in leaps yeah. and bounds we're different people now but just bear that in mind this movie wasn't made yesterday yeah and that's the kind of that, that that's the thing i don't like when people do that whole we have to talk about the problems with x y and z it's like well yeah it's of its time obviously it hasn't aged well like there's some horrible stuff in 80s movies especially um but you just have to put it in the context of when it was made but the other thing as well is that in in the in the opening song, which is something that was cut at the time and not like oh, yeah. just when they put it up on Disney Plus, where he, the the original line was uh, where, where they cut off your ear because yeah. they don't like your face. It's by it's barbaric, but hey, but it's hey, home. it's home. And yeah. then they changed it on yeah. video to where it's hot and immense, or where it's fat, something and immense, and the heat is intense. The heat is it's intense. barbaric, but but hey, it's home. Because I would have heard that original line in the cinema. Well, I mean, we all would have if we yeah. saw. It. And did you guys see it in the cinema? No, I saw it in the cinema. Yeah, we would have heard that. Uh, we were heard that where they, they cut off your your ear or whatever. Yeah, and there is that scene where he, your man goes to cut off Jasmine's hand for for stealing stealing uh, fruit or an, whatever. An apple, yeah. yeah. But and for those reasons, I'm not putting it in the vault. No, for those <laughs> reasons, um. I think, yeah, we we talked about Beauty and the Beast and we talked about, yeah, The Lion King is something that I don't really, apart from it's it's got a terrific opening song, but it, it's it's not something that I would revisit. It's not something no. that, that I would rewatch. I think um, Aladdin... Ne- never got the whole King Lear. It's, it's like an animated King Lear or Macbeth. It's like, no, it's a fucking... Yeah. Disney like movie about a load of lions singing songs and it's like and Scar is just as shallow as Jafar. He's just he just wants to be king, you know. It's like yeah, nothing... and 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 they they stole the whole thing from a from a, a Japanese animated movie called Kimba. Kimba, so, Kimba. So look look that up, folks. Look up Lion yeah. King stolen from uh, from Japanese movie. Yeah, for me. I think Aladdin is very entertaining. I was I was entertained watching it, and yeah. one of the main reasons is even though we haven't really touched on it too much, is like Robin Williams because yeah. he has that unique flavor of doing all of this comedy shtick, which, yeah. having rewatched it so many times, should be by all by all accounts really irritating. Yeah, but I found it actually quite funny and amusing. And then when he yeah. switches, like there's a bit where he says, "You know, all joking aside, Al, you know, just be yourself or whatever." And then at yeah. the end, at the end, where he where he hugs him and says, "You're always a prince to me," mm. like that was like genuine. I was like genuinely uh, emotional, and I don't know if that's yeah. a, a factor of, you know, Robin Williams, you know, having passed on. But no one else can do that. Like no one can go from wacky, funny, 
doing touching an, and doing an impression yeah. of Rodney Dangerfield or Jack Nicholson to yeah. genuinely touching and heartfelt and emotional. And it's all yeah. there in his voice and all there in his performance. Yeah. So for me, but yeah, and there's not there's not much I would cut out of it. It's quite lean. I thought Jafar was like an atrocious kind of character in in so many ways. Um, but despite all of that, I think I, I think I will put it in the vault. Yeah, that's it. And look, I, I was kind of like in the same um, arena, like as you Ed, and you Andre as well. The stuff that you're saying, like it's kind of that's why I kind of said I had to think about it. Um, there's too much. Again, I was seven when I saw it, so. I'm biased like it kind of really it was a song that I carried through my childhood so there'll always be that you know we always had we always had Agrabah um, so yeah I, like it's just it's, it's part of my childhood so that's part of the reason why I'm putting it in the vault um, but yeah there is problems with it um, but to your point Ed look the, Rob Williams like, like he just elevates the movie into, and it, it's just that idea of like I'm, it, I, I'm assuming I'm going to again broadly assume that it's probably the first animated movie that heavily relied on improvisation, you know, from, from one of the leading characters. Like I know, yeah. like now, now it's become kind of a thing that they do in like a lot of Pixar movies, like and Disney films, like they'll bring in a com a funny guy and they'll get that funny guy to, or girl to be like, you know, throw some ideas at them and they'll just say some crazy shit and then they'll go and they'll tell the animators to change some things because they want to get these new lines in. Um, I know, like I saw the making of, um, I don't know why I watched the making of Frozen, but Josh Gad uh, had just come off from being in the Book of Mormon and he was like the the new up and coming funny guy. And like most of Olaf's lines in Frozen are improvised by, by, by Gad. Um, yeah. So just, but, but, but I, I, like when I think of all the movies that Disney put out there, this is probably the first movie that, that first animated movie that took that approach with a, with a, with a comedic uh, role. Everything up to that point was probably just like, you know, very much, you know, canned dialogue, you know, say this, do this, because we've already fucking yeah. drew half of it. So we, we've already got the lips already moving. Uh, so we can't go outside these parameters. Um, and then again, also, for good or bad, it did set off that trend of getting famous people into cartoons. And like, yeah, I, Again, for good and bad, because <laughs> you know the 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 apex of that was obviously like from Shrek right up to Shark Tale with with all that crap that they did. Like so, body wants Tommy. My world is going. <laughs> yeah, um, which is kind of funny as well because like Katzenberg like went and start like set up DreamWorks and is responsible. Well, like Sh- Shrek is basically Jeffrey Katzenberg's fuck you to Disney. Yeah, yeah. The whole Absolutely. movie is a giant fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Classy guy. Classy guy. There you go. It's in the vault. Aladdin. The first animated movie that we covered and the first animated movie that's in the Cinestream vault. If you agree or disagree, let us know. We're on Twitter at the Cinestream C1 or on Instagram at the Cinestream Club. Next week, we cover a very famous movie, a movie that made Tom Cruise famous for waving a baseball bat around. We cover A Few Good Men, Aaron Sorkin's breakthrough movie. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Um, If you want to play along, it's available to stream on Now TV. Watch it. Have a 
have a nose, take it in, form an opinion, play the game, answer the questions that we answer, and listen along. See you next week. Be safe, be happy. Have a good week. Talk to you later. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.